You're listening to the New Hope Church Podcast. To learn more about what we're doing on the south side of Indianapolis, you can check us out online at becomehope.com. If you like what you're hearing here, be sure you check out one of our companion podcasts. We have a daily devotional podcast called Let's Find Out Together, as well as an apologetics podcast called Salty Saints. Let's listen in. Today's talk comes from Zach Killy. I'm Zach. I'm one of the worship leaders here. And uh, today we're talking about hospitality. What uh, comes to mind for you when you think about hospitality? Because when I think about hospitality, I think about Applebee's Neighborhood Bar and Grill. Uh, Me and my girlfriend, Abby, actually met working at Applebee's years ago uh, before we dated. And uh, like when I think about Applebee's, I just think about like people would walk in through the door and there'd be Abby. She was a hostess standing at her little station. She'd be like, hi, how are you? Because that's what she sounds like. And uh, (laughs) just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. And uh, but she would, she would take them to their seat and she would make sure that they, you know, had everything they needed to have their silverware, their, they got their menus. And then she'd say, hey, your server's going to be right with you. And of course, I would roll up and I would I'd just smile ever so charmingly and say, hey, how are you guys doing today? You know, I'm Zach. Uh, you know, we've got Pepsi products. We've got draft beers. I'd name you the list of everything we had. And then I'd give you a few appetizer choices. And I'd, I'd just make sure you, you had everything you needed, right? And then I'd go to the kitchen and I'm like hounding the guys in the kitchen because they're always late on getting the food out. And then that makes me look bad. And then I don't get a tip and that's not good, right? And so like, I, I wanted to take care of these people, right? I wanted to make sure they were good to go. It was my job. Or I think about my friend Mitch, uh, I went to school with Mitch at uh, Ball State, and I haven't seen him in forever, but he, uh, he was going into the hospitality industry. And I was like, what is the hospitality industry? And he said, well, you know, I want to work in hotels. Like, I want to be a GM at, like, a, a resort or a hotel or whatever, maybe in, like, Germany or, you know, Hawaii, something like that. And I thought about that. I was like, okay, you know, like, you know, you got to make sure everybody's got their, you know, fresh towels and robes and, you know, they got like your free continental breakfast or if it's all inclusive, you know, everything's just included in that initial price. So you get your breakfast and your lunch and your dinner and you got your little soaps that everybody steals and you got those little shampoos and, you know, everything's taken care of, right? And then I think about hospitality in our everyday interactions, you know, like we will go to people that we see just passing them and say, oh, how's it going? You know, how's the family? How are the kids? You know, everything good? How's work? Oh, yeah, everything's good. You know, how about you? Oh, yeah, everything's good. Well, you have a good day. All right, you too. And then we just walk on and that's it. Like it's like surface deep, all of it. And it's not bad. It's good. I mean, it's good to like be friendly and to be nice to people, but it's not really like personal. It's very impersonal. Yeah. And when I look at biblical hospitality, I see something very different. I see a very personal relationship with somebody. And, and so I want to kind of bring us back to what Chief Pell read, the, that passage. He's talking about Jesus saying, you know, you, you took care of me. You, you, you gave me something to eat when I was hungry. And, and you gave me a place to sleep when I was tired. You know, and we kind of talked about those things. Those, those can be kind of lumped into the restaurant industry or the hotel industry. But then he said things like, I needed clothes and you clothed me. And you visited me in jail 
and you took care of me when I was sick. And I think about those things and I'm like, that's, that's like the step beyond, right? Like I've never visited anybody in jail. You know, I, I don't know that I've ever like seen somebody walking about and they, they needed new clothes. And I was like, come on, let's get you clothes. You know, like I, I don't know that I've done that. That's, that's like, that's a next step. That's, that's beyond that surface deep interaction. It's an act of love, right? Like you have to go out of your way to love on somebody like that. And that's really what it boils down to is I think that biblical hospitality is love. And, and the way I come to that conclusion is when I think about that passage that Chief Pell read, I, I think about the greatest commandments. And I know I mention the greatest commandments like every time I get up here, but they are the greatest commandments. So I think that deserves, you know, saying every once in a while. But Jesus says, you know, okay, so, so the first one is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, soul, strength, like everything you've got, give it to God. Love him with everything in you. But then he says, the second one is like it. It's love your neighbor as you love yourself. And so I think it's kind of important that he adds that the second one is like the first. I think he wants us to think on that. I think he wants you to make a connection. Like, well, wait, how are those, like, what, what, what's so similar about those two things? And I think it comes full circle when we look at this passage about the sheep and the goats, about, about loving people, right? About you, you fed me, you clothed me. I think what Jesus is showing when he says, I was hungry and you fed me, I, I needed a place to sleep, you gave me that, you visited me in jail, and all the people go, no, we didn't. What are you talking about? And he says, no, no, you don't understand. Like when, when you did that for the least of these people, you did that for me. And so what's happening here is Jesus is taking both of these commandments and he's, he's lumping them into one thing. And he's saying, yeah, look, like I, I know it's two things. I know I'm saying two things, but what you don't really see is when you do love other people, when you love your neighbor, you are loving me. And if Jesus is God and we know he is, then you're loving God. It's all one commandment. And so I think if we look at that and say, okay, so the way we love God is to love our neighbor, then it begs the question, who is our neighbor? Well, I think back to the story about the Good Samaritan, right? You know that story? Um, Jesus is telling the parable about the Good Samaritan. What basically happens is there's a Jewish man and he gets mugged on the side of the road. He's left for dead, stripped naked, you know. And a Samaritan man comes along and he finds him there. And what we need to understand is Jews and Samaritans weren't on good terms. They're enemies. They're not friends. They, they don't get along. They don't play nice. But this Samaritan man picks this Jewish man up and he takes him to an inn and he gives the innkeeper money and he says, look, nurse him back to health. Here's some money. I'm going to come back later. Whatever it costs, let me know. But I, just take care of this man and I'll pay it. And Jesus says, after the parable's done to the crowd, he says, well, who... Who in this story is this man's neighbor? Who was the Jewish man's neighbor? And one of the men says, well, it was, it was the man that took care of him. It was the man who showed him kindness. Well, that's the Samaritan. That's the enemy, right? And so what, what I see here is our enemies are our neighbors. And if our enemy is our neighbor, that's like as bad as it gets, right? So isn't everybody else our neighbor then as well? 
Isn't that everybody? I think that covers the whole gambit at that point. And so the way we love God is to love our neighbor, and that's everybody. And so what I want you to understand today is biblical hospitality is love for everyone. It's love for everyone. And uh, up until last night, that was where this sermon was going to end. I was just going to stretch all that out, and it was going to be great. And we were all going to leave here and be like, oh, yeah, biblical hospitality is for everybody. Awesome. And uh, the more I thought about that verse, that, that, uh, that paragraph that Chief Pell read for us, uh, the more I was kind of bothered that that's just the first half of the story. There is more to what Jesus says. And I'll be completely honest with you, I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want to talk about what Jesus said because it's hard and people get mad when you talk about this kind of thing because it makes us uncomfortable and we don't like to touch on it. But uh, I think that stuff like this gets neglected in today's culture. I think sometimes we water down what the Bible actually says to make it more palatable, to make it uh, a little bit easier to bear. But I I think it needs to be said. I I can't in good conscience not. And so I want to read it. Um, It says, Then the king will turn to those on the left and say, Away with you, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry, and you didn't feed me. I was thirsty, and you didn't give me a drink. I was a stranger, and you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked, and you didn't give me clothing. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't visit me. And then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth. When you refused to help the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me. And they will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous will go into eternal life. That is heavy. And the reason I didn't want to talk about this is because I guarantee somebody in this room right now is thinking, are you trying to tell me that works have something to do with salvation? And I'm going to say, no, they don't. You can't earn your salvation. You can't buy it. There is nothing you can do on this earth. There is no amount of love you can dish out. Doesn't matter what you do. You can't, you can't have it. You can't just go take it. It's not yours to take. Jesus came and Jesus did that. He lived a perfect life, a sinless life. He never broke the law and he died an innocent man and he rose from the dead. And what he did has been attributed to you and now you can be saved by that. We're saved by faith in what Christ did. It's what he did. It's our faith in that that saves us, right? We can't buy it. There's nothing we can do. In fact, I'll take it a step further and I'll say, if we could buy it, if we could earn it somehow, right? If I just live good enough, if I just check here, 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 you know, went to church this week. Oh, saw Jim down, downtown. He looked like he needed a new pair of shoes. Got him a new pair of shoes. He's good. You know, it's not, it's not a checklist. You can't buy it because if you could buy it, everything Christ did is worthless. It means nothing. If there's something that you and I can do, we discredit Christ as a whole. And I am here to tell you that that's just not the case. 
The reason this is tough is because, well, if it's not works-based salvation, if that's not what this passage is talking about, then what's it talking about? Because what's clearly happening is, is it's saying one day Christ, who is the king in the story, we know that, Christ one day, he's going to be seated on his throne and he's going to divide the entire world into two camps and you're going to be in one of them. Okay? On one side are going to be the people who loved people and they're going to heaven. And on the other side are going to be the people that never loved anybody. They, they didn't follow his commandments. They didn't love people and they're going to hell. And that's what it says. And that's so scary because what we are faced with when we, when we see that, when we hear that, is that we have to look at our own lives. We have to examine ourselves because if it's not by works, then what's it, what's it by? Well, it's by faith. And I'm not saying that the, the works earn salvation. I'm saying if you have the salvation, if you have the faith, the works will be present. What it really is, what's happening in this passage is a way of looking at your life and saying, which one am I? Do I love people? Is that me? Am I a sheep? Or, or am I a goat? Am I going to be cast into the lake of fire? Because what it, what it really says is you really align yourself with Christ who is all about life and all about love and all about freedom, right? Or you align yourself with Satan and this world. And if you notice, the people that are with Christ, they receive Christ. That's what the kingdom of heaven is, right? It's more Jesus. But if you sought the devil, if, if, if you never knew Christ, then you get what the devil gets. <clears throat> the faith brings works. And if you're looking at yourself right now, if you are examining yourself right now, and you're thinking, I look a whole lot more like a sheep, or sorry, like a goat than a sheep. If you're looking at your life and you're thinking, I, I don't feel like I love people. I don't feel like the things that Christ cherishes. I don't feel like I cherish those things. I, I feel like I am in the wrong camp. You should be afraid. You should be scared. But that's not a bad thing to be. It's not a bad thing to be scared. Because here's the cool part. This isn't judgment day right? Jesus loved you enough to lay out the whole plan before you and say, look, this is coming one day and I'm giving you the way to know where you stand. And, and the good thing is you, since you can't earn it, that means it's got to come from somewhere else, right? That means all these works, they, they have to come from somewhere else because they can't come from us. We can't produce them. They come from faith in Christ. And so what I'm saying is if today you find yourself in the wrong camp, if you find yourself on the wrong side of Christ, it's not too late to say, hey, I, I need help. People don't go to the doctor when they don't think they're sick. You can look at your life right now and you can say, Jesus, I need you. I need you to turn me back to the right path. I need you to work through me because I can't do it. I need you to be that in my life. And so that's what I'm saying today. We, we need to turn to Christ every single day of our lives and say, I need you to do it today. I need you to guide me today. I need you to be my eyes and my ears and my heart. I need you to give me everything I need to be you to somebody today, right? It's this constant thing. We don't just say a prayer and then wait 20 years and, and never do a single thing for Christ. We, 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 we don't just 
We don't operate out of just fear. We operate out of love for Christ. And so every day examine yourself, just like Paul tells us, examine yourself. See where you're at. See who you align yourself with. And turn back to Christ every single day. Because if you do that, I promise you, you are in the right camp. If every day you give your life to Christ again, you are in the right camp. And you can't go wrong with that. The band's Thanks for tuning in to the New Hope Church podcast. If you would do us a favor and like or subscribe on your favorite platform, we would really appreciate it. Also, if you happen to have any questions, feel free to reach out to us at questions at becomehope.com. Have a great week and know that we are praying for you as you seek to be Jesus in every corner of your world.